Hey guys, welcome to the Mental Makeover Podcast. I'm Lauren Curtis. You've probably heard the phrase, the grass is always greener on the other side, but I believe it's greener where you water it. This podcast is here to provide you with meaningful advice from myself and others in order to give your little patch of grass the best chance to grow and flourish. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in again this week. Today I wanted to talk about Lauren Curtis Lounge. This is the brand that Reese and I started a couple of years ago at the end of 2018. And as most of you might know by now, it's a loungewear, kind of sleepwear, pajama brand. Uh, it's the first thing that I ever really released as a quote unquote influencer. Look, there's no way of saying that word or referring to myself and what I do in a way that's not icky. <laughs> Influencer. Anyway, you know what I mean. It's the first thing I've ever really done. Like a lot of other um, people on YouTube and Instagram had come out with makeup products or collaborations with brands and stuff like that. So Lauren Curtis Lounge was the one thing I wanted to wait for and I was really proud of and excited about. And so recently, we've been receiving a few questions from customers uh, about the future of the brand. And that's why I wanted to jump on here and give you like a more uh, in-depth response to that question because it's, yeah, it has many uh, facets to it. And there are many things that I want to talk about uh it is a little bit difficult to just say in like a, you know, DM or a comment. So here we are. <laughs> I actually recorded this episode last week. So I've recorded this episode twice now. The first time, almost immediately after I f recorded it, I had doubts about whether or not I was happy with it. Almost because I think I, <clears throat> excuse me, like maybe blabbed on a bit too much, rambled about stuff that didn't really matter too much in the end. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter anyway, because you're not going to hear it. So <laughs> no point talking about it. But that's why I'm here again. I want to get straight to the point, not dance around anything, be completely brutally honest, because that's what I appreciate other people being like. I want to be like that. You deserve to hear it. I think it's helpful. It's like constructive for any of you who are thinking about going down a similar path. I don't know. I'm so happy to talk about it. So I might as well be completely straight to the point. So I'll give you a very short, brief rundown about why we started it. I'm not going to bore you. Don't worry. But back in 2018, as I said, I hadn't released anything. Uh, I didn't feel like doing makeup at that point and I wanted something to work on. Like I needed a challenge. I think at that point I was plateauing a little bit with my inspiration and my motivation to record. I just needed, I'm the kind of person that needs like big challenges every now and then. And I feel like I hadn't had one for a while at this point. So Reese and I were driving down from a little getaway. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think I need to cough, but I don't want to stop this re recording. So bear with me. <laughs> um, as soon as I stop, I lose my flow. Okay. So we're driving down from a little hol holiday down South and we were like, what can we do? what can we do together? Um, and we're talking back and forth. And I was like, you know, I'd, I'd always thought about doing pajamas and sleepwear because I'm the biggest homebody. I'm a massive introvert, a recluse. I love being at home. I've been so lucky to have been able to work from home since 2011, basically since I started my channel. So 
I live in my pajamas. It's like my washing each week is half active wear, half pajamas. <laughs> and we started talking about it and like planning out what it could be like, what fabrics we could use. Um, okay, I, I need to cough, sorry. <laughs> I keep trying to cough, but I think my voice is just croaky because it's early in the morning. So just ignore that. Um, yeah, we we're planning names. It was really exciting. We we're working on it the next few weeks, months, and ended up spending like probably a year or so Maybe even more than that. I can't even remember now. Maybe even two years, actually. Perhaps even two years planning this all. And we launched. It was super successful. Actually, no, let's backtrack a second. What we learned during that process was, like, utterly invaluable. It was not easy at all, like, starting... Because, yeah, if I wanted to start a makeup brand back then, it would have been marginally... Actually, no, it, it would have been the same. It would have been the same, to be honest. You still need to find your manufacturer, your um, shipping uh, team, warehousing, all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it is pretty much difficult just starting from scratch. But it was particularly difficult because I came from beauty, not like fashion and, and apparel. So I didn't know how the whole thing worked. I didn't know... I just thought, you know, okay, we'll just design some clothes and have them made. Like there's so much that goes into it that I didn't know about. Um, so that was a long process and yeah, amazing because I love learning new things, but it, it, it was long and it took a lot of time and frustrating sometimes. And then we had our shoot, which was a very big learning curve, super expensive, um, stressful as hell. Learned so much about that as well. I mean, totally happy with how it turned out but going forward like I learned so much about what you don't need to spend money on what you do need to spend money on what is worth what isn't worth it which again is all part of it you can't think about launching a brand and not be okay with potentially spending more money than you need to in order to learn lessons or perhaps not spending enough and then needing to spend more next time and learning that lesson like that's part of business it's never going to be smooth sailing and you're never going to get everything right so we launched that. That was super successful and then came out with some new designs and was enjoying that. And then fast forward probably about a year, I think that's probably when it shifted a little bit. And I think, I don't know where I've read this. I've heard it a million times. People that have like entrepreneurial tendencies, which it sounds a bit, anyway, yeah, it does sound a little bit cringy, but I definitely think I'm that kind of person. I love, I'm always thinking about things I can make and create and cool ideas and inventing things. I love that. I, like, I love that process. So people like that tend to really, really, really love the the beginning of, of, of that whole journey, like the creative side of it, planning, designing, coming up with new concepts. And like, that is the really, really fun stuff. And then once the business launches and it's doing well, like it's hard to maintain that hype because then it just becomes about maintenance rather than creation. Obviously you're creating new designs or new products um, continuously, but it doesn't have that same exciting feel. And so I'll get into, I'll touch on that more, more later, but about a year, probably a little bit earlier than that, actually about a year. Um, I think that kind of started to settle in a bit to be completely honest and transparent if I'm going to do this, yeah, podcast episode, I want to be completely honest with you guys. And, um, it's, it's the reality of, of business sometimes. And again, I'll touch on that a little further down as well, but it all ties in. So we kind of let the business plateau a little bit from going to like being stressed about, um, 
making new collections and new fabrics, new designs and sourcing and sourcing and sourcing and doing all this stuff and being really stressed about it. Yeah, having to make sure that we are on top of it and always having something new in. And I think I was comparing myself a lot. In fact, I know I was to other people that I knew that had brands and what they were doing. And I was so wrapped up in that that I became overwhelmed because of the comparison, which is always a stupid idea, but it's easy to say, oh, don't compare yourself in theory, but in practice, it's quite difficult sometimes. Especially when you're doing something for the first time, you put a lot of expectation on yourself. So yeah, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And I think we kind of just both burnt out a little bit. I had some other stuff that I was working on. Reese was busy at work. And so we kind of let the business uh, almost like on the back burner run by itself. And to be honest, I actually loved it like that because it was still growing, albeit probably obviously a little bit slower than it would have been if we had been working on it full time. But it was easy to maintain. It was growing and we were, yeah, I mean, that's the goal. Easy to maintain and, and it was growing. Again, not as fast, but it was growing. So that was probably uh, how it was for maybe a year or so. And I remember having a chat with someone who was also in business and she has a really successful business. Actually, it was Iris from uh, the, the Quick Flick. I love talking to her about business stuff because she's an inspiration to me. Like what she's built is incredible. And um, we were talking and I think after that, like about the business and how I was kind of like, yeah, I don't, I know like we've had offers from investors to come in and inject money into it and do this and do that. And we were kind of close to considering that. But I was saying to Iris, like, I don't know if, if that's something we actually want to do. I don't, this is kind of when at first, like the ball kind of dropped I was like, I don't know if this is something I want to pour all of my time and effort and um, energy into. I don't know if it's if if the reward will be worth the stress for me. And that's when it kind of dropped for me that I don't think my heart is in this as much as it should be. And after that moment, I was like, okay, I've really got to start thinking about what the future is for this brand. What is missing for me? I think coming from YouTube where I'm so involved with uh, the people that follow me and feel like a close connection and I can directly, um, uh, it, it, it feels like a, a community, I think, more so than anything else. Like my YouTube online presence, it feels like a, a, a community and I didn't feel that way with the loungewear. I did get so many messages. I'm saying I, obviously Reese and I, but I just, because it's easy to talk, talk on my behalf, Reese kind of took care of the, like, the logistics and the back end stuff that did my head in because he was so, it came so easily to him and it didn't come so easily to me. And I was the more front of the house doing all the creative stuff. So I'll just say me, but Reese and I were on, on the same page throughout all of this. So. We were getting so many lovely messages from people that were so appreciative of our like size range, the fabrics, the fit, how good it made them feel. Like they were buying them for their friends who were like hard about themselves, hard on themselves about the way that they looked, and they felt like beautiful when they're wearing our. Like it was just, it was so incredible. But as a whole, I didn't feel that sense of community, which is my own fault. Let's get that out there. That's we didn't set up the brand in a way that. Um, was that way from the get-go. And I'll also touch on that in a second as well. I'll go into that further. I'm trying not to scramble too much. I'm trying to keep a, keep a timeline here. Um, and so 
I'm someone that really needs fulfillment, like emotionally. It's great to have money coming in, but if you don't feel, it's like if you're a billionaire, but you're absolutely depressed, like, yeah, it's cool that you have a lot of money, but if you're depressed, like, what does it, what does it matter? Um, as opposed to you're, you know, struggling to make ends meet, but you're like happier than you've ever been. Wouldn't you prefer that over having billions of dollars? Because at the end of the day, happiness is so much more, it, it goes so much further than money does. Um, so I, not feeling like I was emotionally fulfilled was weighing on me quite a lot. And I think that almost demotivated me. Is that a word? Whatever. Let's make it a word. Demotivated me working much harder on the brand because I'm like, I don't want to pour more of my time, energy into this when it doesn't feel like Mia's dancing and doing spins in the background. So if you can hear something in the background, that's her. Mia, stop. Um, yeah, so I was grappling with that kind of concept for quite a while. And then we had those people, that the company that wanted to come in and uh, inject money into it. And I was like, oh, maybe that's it. But it just, I never took that next step. I honestly think in my heart, I knew what I had to do. And I'm sure Iris probably knew what I had to do when I was talking to her. But I'll be blatantly, completely, 110,000% honest with you about why I didn't want to um, close the business down. I didn't want to close it down because I was scared that people would think that we failed, that I failed, that we were losing money, that it wasn't successful, that we didn't do, do a good job, that nobody wanted it. I was literally scared of what other people would think about us closing the brand. And let me just say, the brand was growing. It was growing more and more each year. It was financially doing really well for a company that was kind of on the back burner a little bit. Like if we kept this business open, we would still be making more and more money each year. It had nothing to do with that, but I was so scared that people would think that because I guess at the end of the day, everyone has a fear of failure and it's one thing to close a business down um, in front of like your family and your friends, but in front of all these people, it's just, I don't know. I'm just, and I'm still scared about that, to be honest. I'm not scared as much as I am. Uh, scared is, is, is the wrong word. I guess it's still in the back of my mind. Um, but it's gotten to a point now where I know in myself that, yeah, people are going to think what they are going to think. But reason I know the reality of it, whoever listens to this podcast knows the reality of it. And even if it did lose money, like so many people that I know of or secondhand know of, their businesses stopped making money or their businesses didn't work out. But that's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing bad about that. In fact, a lot of people whose businesses are like worth billions of dollars now had millions of failures before they got to that one business. It's just a natural part of doing business. <laughs> How many times can I say business in one sentence? Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know why I was so hung up on that. I guess it's just so easy to put too much weight on the opinion of others, uh, like I spoke about in my last podcast episode. So Reese and I started talking about what we could do to reinvigorate our passion for what we were doing and the brand. 
and we started thinking about kind of overhauling it and having a different brand messaging behind it, more focused on like enriching your sleep routine as a whole rather than just sleepwear and having different products and using different fabrics and having a different name and a different aesthetic and all of this stuff. And I spent a few weeks looking into it and doing it all and came up with a cool new name, like a really cool new name and cool new products and all this stuff. And in order to do that, we would have to spend significantly more money to kind of revamp everything. And we were like maybe 85% of the way there, 85% of like committed to, to taking that next step. And we just said to each other, is this, is taking two steps back in order to potentially take like three steps forward in the future, someday, one day, potentially, like, is that, is that what we want to do? Are we willing to go backwards a little bit in order to hopefully, potentially, perhaps move forward and like, yeah, it was it was kind of like a gamble. Do you want to invest more money, but also like a lot more time, like years of time doing this in the hopes, in the hopes that it'll change the way you feel about it, that it'll feel more fulfilling, that it'll feel different. And I knew in my heart that it was just kind of like a a bit of a no-brainer at that point. Like as much as I had, lo- had I loved the way we had planned out this like overhaul. I just thought to myself, I don't think this is this is for us. Um, I don't think this is my thing. That's what it comes down to. This isn't like that thing for me. It was really fun. I feel like it was a stepping stone because we learnt so so much during these last few years and it only has been a couple of years like that's the funny part about it it feels like it's been so much longer but it's only been a couple of years to be honest I think that's probably also what what came into it you hear those statistics about oh 90% of businesses or whatever I don't know what the stat is uh don't survive after their first year and then like 95% at year three or year five. Like, yeah, some, basically it's like impossible to have a small business last longer than five years. And I was like, I don't want to be one of those statistics, um, which is the most stupidest, most stupidest. That was the most stupidest sentence, <laughs> the stupidest thing to say ever. But anyway, to, to worry about in, in hindsight. But anyway, so, so yes, it was entirely a stepping stone. And I think that is invaluable realistically um I am working on something really exciting now and another little small thing and I think from this whole experience I've learned that this new thing might not be my thing either I don't know I'm doing something that I enjoy I'm excited about but who knows where where that'll go maybe I won't enjoy it uh, in two years, maybe it will be super fulfilling. Maybe I'll be motivated by it, uh, the success of it or the customer feedback. Like, who knows? I I think I'm wiser in that respect, and I don't go 
into something and put all of my eggs in that basket now and think, this is my thing. This is going to be it. I want to, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Like, I go into it being realistic. It's the same thing with a relationship. Like, you might think that someone is perfect for you and then a few years down the line, you guys grow apart and you think, oh, well, you know, I loved that person at the start. Our relationship was amazing, but we kind of grew apart and that's cool. And maybe I'll find someone who is a bit more suited to me now, like the person I am now. Like, you just you just can't ever put all of your... Um, expectation on one outcome when things are always going to change. And I think that's how just taking a sidestep, like relationships last is because if people expect your relation, if if people expect their relationships to stay the same forever, um, it's going to break down. You've got to grow with your partner. And if you can't grow with them, then you'll inevitably grow apart and that's fine too. And then you become single and you meet someone that is better suited to you. Like, that's just life. Even with friendships, you'll grow with people, then you'll grow apart, and then you'll grow back together, or you'll, work, or you'll stay apart. It's just the ebb and flow of life. And it's the same thing with business. Sometimes things will feel perfect, and they'll feel right. And then you as a person change, or it doesn't fulfill you. But those are the only things you can learn once you've done it, once you're in it. You can't predict those things. So you either you know, stick at it and keep pushing through because you do have that passion there and it's something you're excited about or you really, 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 really believe in. Or you say to yourself, I really enjoyed that part of my life. I learned so much from it. I'm really grateful for that time, but I'm going to take those lessons and experience and put it into something new that I am excited about, that it does fulfill me, that does excite me. And that's where Reese and I are at now. And so as a result, I mean, it's pretty obvious, we will be closing the brand. Um, we, don't, we don't have like a set date or, or anything. As I said, it's not like losing money or anything. It's, it's self-sustainable. Self-sustainable? Self-sustaining. Self it's sustainable. Self-sustainable. <laughs> I should Google it, but I can't bother. Anyway, um, so we're basically just going to let the website run until the stock sells out. And then we'll just quietly close our little doors and move on to the next thing. It's not some big like, oh my God, we've got to go in three weeks or one week or day or month or year or whatever. It's just like... When it happens, it happens. Um, so that's why we aren't restocking anything. That's why everything's on like an up to 80% off clearance sale. Um, and I really appreciate like, yeah, just, I mean, goes without saying, but thank you so much to all of you who have supported our brand. Like there are people that have bought every single thing with um, every style, every color of everything we've released, who've always said amazing things about it, who've DM'd us, sent us photos of them wearing it. Like, thank you from the bottom of my heart for making this brand and this huge step for me, um, the success that it was. Like, I can't, it's really also, it was, it was a big learning curve for me starting a business because I have a really tough time um, asking people for their money. And I, I know that's a weird way to word that, but like, I... I think because I know the value of money so much growing up, I find it really difficult to, like, say if I release something, I'm a perfectionist and I doubt myself, which is a bad combination. So it takes a lot for me to be happy with the product, but then also feel confident and comfortable saying that this product is worth this much money and taking that money from someone, I think... Uh, it comes to, it's a totally like a money belief thing from growing up and not having much money. Like 
it was so weird for me to think that people are taking their hard-earned money and spending it with us. And that's why I made sure I was so proud of the products because I couldn't charge money for something if I didn't truly believe in it. So that was a really big step for me. And I really appreciate that you guys were so lovely, lovely towards Reese and I and our products and so supportive. Um, like, yeah, it, it absolutely means the world to us. And I will never, ever, ever forget this <laughs> little part of my life. Um, but yeah, I guess I just want to be led by my heart with these kinds of things. And I want to do things that fulfill me and bring me joy. And as much as this did in some ways, it didn't enough. Um, and just, I, I spoke about, I basically spoke about like none of this in my first episode and spoke about all of this next stuff that I'll share because it is important. Um, in the last episode, I basically spent the whole episode talking about why perhaps the passion left. Uh, and I wasn't going to talk about it in this episode, but I'm glad I'm doing it at the end of the podcast when sometimes people drop off. If you're still listening, like I think this stuff is valuable to hear if if you're interested in the apparel industry. Um, I don't mean to say any of this to put you off or to uh, be a Debbie Downer or to be negative or pessimistic because it's totally not my vibe. But I think it's really important to mention because I think I, I hear it all the time when I listen to business podcasts, people saying, if I had known how hard it was going to be, um, before I started, I probably wouldn't have started. Like a lot of people that start successful businesses go into it totally naive and that's why they're successful because if you know how hard it is, you're probably less inclined to actually take those steps because the odds are sometimes against you in these kind of industries. But anyway, uh, apparel. So I know a lot of people, I follow some people, uh, other influencers, uh, that start apparel brands and they kill it. And that's like, I love watching that. It's so satisfying watching these people, watching their businesses grow from what they were, like these little small things to these booming. It's just, it's just awesome. I love that stuff. And so this is just my experience. If you asked the next person who has uh, a business in the same kind of industry, it would be a completely different response, I'm sure. But I don't know. I just want to put my two cents in. The apparel industry is uh, unforgiving. <laughs> it is a lot, a lot of work. And unless you price your your garments uh, with like a pretty considerable markup, it isn't one of those uh, businesses that it's like a lot of work for a small reward if your clothing or whatever it may be is affordable. Like we tried to make ours and we saw people complain that it was, that it was expensive, but like we realistically should have charged more for it because most brands do. We was just, especially me, I was just like, I want it to be affordable, I want it to be affordable. But like, again, that was being naive because it's just not a smart business move to put all of that work into something and then not charge the right amount for it. So Apparel isn't just making clothing and then shipping it out. It's completely different if you're buying the clothing wholesale. That's like a whole different business model and probably a lot more appealing, if anything. Um, 
we started from scratch. Like our stuff was all custom made. So we had to hire a pattern maker who made all the patterns from scratch. And then we had to make lots of samples to get the obviously like, you know, the, the final design right. Um, and then you have to source all of your fabrics and then you have to find the manufacturer, which is very difficult to find a great manufacturer. Ours was amazing. I'm potentially thinking about doing a little tiny like side hustle still in the apparel space, but, uh, I can't say much more cause I'm not even sure if I'm going to do it, but I want to do it for myself. Like I, I made the product for myself cause it solved a problem for me. But if I do do it, um, I'm a hundred percent going to use our manufacturer for Lauren Curtis Lounge. He's a legend, takes great care of his staff. Just awesome, awesome guy. I'm so, we actually met him through a pattern maker who I'm eternally grateful for sharing that information with us. Um, because it's so hard to find a manufacturer. I'm so embarrassed. I remember I was speaking to, I think Jane Lou from Shopo like years ago, years ago. And she was lovely. And I think I wanted to ask her a few questions and she was so super open. And I will never forget this. I was like, do you mind letting me know who your manufacturer, oh, <laughs> manufacturers are? And she never replied. <laughs> and it's such a rude thing to ask someone. It's so like, I don't think you get it until you're in the industry, but like, asking someone who they're like it takes so much hard work to find out to find a good manufacturer and just to straight out ask someone like oh hey who do you use I can bypass all of that hard work and get and like your manufacturer is like the core of your business because you if you have a good one like that means that your customers will be happier with your garments and the better quality and last longer and all this kind of stuff so anyway that's just yeah a big a big no-no um Anyway, so yeah, you got to find the manufacturer and then keep in mind that the manufacturer is like the smallest, <laughs> it's not the smallest part of the um, equation, but it's like, you think, oh, you're just going to pay for like shipping costs and the manufacturing and then that's that kind of it. But there are so many other costs you've got to pay for, like the, the labels on the clothing, the swing tags, the care tags, the... Um, the shipping from like the shipping of samples from because our manufacturer was based in Vietnam. So shipping satchels, samples from Perth to Vietnam Express back, therefore back, back racks up costs. And then he's got to buy all of the fabric. And that itself is probably a huge component of the cost of the garment. And then you've got to ship all of that stock to Sydney, which is a huge cost. And then you've got customs duties and taxes and stuff, and that's a huge cost. And then you've got the warehouse storage, which is probably actually like the biggest cost. Um, we didn't want to have our own warehouse that we fulfilled orders ourselves because we have a lot of other stuff we need to do. That's like We don't have that spare time there to constantly spend um packing the orders because it wasn't a full-time thing for us. We're working on other businesses and other, you know, I'm doing my social media stuff. Reese is doing his actual like job. So we uh, worked with a warehouse in Sydney and they've been great. And I'll work with them for future, um, on future businesses, but apparel, like the way warehousing works, or at least ours does. And I'm sure that works the same with all of them is you pay for the amount of space you take up. So 
a folded t-shirt or pair of pajamas, say it's like an A4 piece of paper, you can only fit maybe, I, I don't know what the exact number is, but say 10 of those stacked vertically, then you've got to start sh uh, stacking them horizontally and that really, really quickly, when you've got thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of designs and styles and stuff, like that really quickly adds up and takes up a lot of space. And so oftentimes that cost is bigger, is way bigger than any, like the, the pick packing cost, which is the cost of actually of the staff to pick the item and to pack it. That's like a couple of dollars. Um, but the actual warehousing fees is like thousands of dollars each week. Um, at least it was for us and the amount of stock we had, it's like hundreds of thousands for bigger companies. It's huge. So that was a huge cost that we never really properly factored in. And then you've got shipping costs um, and whether or not you want to, you know, provide free shipping or discounted shipping. And then you've got the returns costs. Um, say if the garments, and that's the thing about apparel is there's so much room for error in terms of like you're, you're creating something that fits on a body and bodies are so differently shaped. Um, so a medium on one person is going to fit completely different on a person who's also a medium, but just has a different body shape. So like the room for returns, you have to allow it to be quite big because I mean, yeah, it's clothing. It's, it's a really finicky, tricky thing to perfect and you never will perfect it. And then faults, faulty garments, which is always going to happen when they're made by humans uh, say there's a hole or something's been sewn on wrong or it's the wrong size, the wrong labels being stuck on or it had a stain on it from when it was being manufactured from like the um, uh, equipment, like a, a grease stain or something from any of the machinery that was used. Like there's so many things that can go wrong or someone just doesn't like how it looks. It doesn't fit. Like it's not that it fits wrong. They just don't like the color or the shape or the fabric. So it's like all of that it's just there's so much it's not just a straight like if you're making food for example it's like you're buying pasta like how I mean the chances of the person who buys the pasta returning the pasta because it's not pasta e enough is pretty slim or because it's the wrong size pasta like you can it's it's obviously if you had a, had a store like an in-person store you'd probably have less returns but it's just yeah it's a Ugh, it's it's a lot of work and perhaps that's where the loss of interest came from uh, because the passion's there there's a little fire burning but there's so much work that's involved it kind of dulls that fire a little bit and just doesn't really make it all worth it enough and if it doesn't feel emotionally fulfilling it just it's so hard to maintain that inspiration um and I'm not saying that like, oh, business is hard work. So it's just, it was just too much for me, too much for a reason. I, I know that business is hard work. I've been working, I've been having, I've been running my own business literally for the past like 10 years. I know that it's hard work. Um, but I guess the work is, the, the, the reward I get from what I do on social media outweighs the work. Um, it's not physical work like it is with the loungewear. It's more emotional work. It's like emotionally straining really, really tough. But for me, the closeness that I have with my followers and that kind of community and that relationship is really, really rewarding. And it makes me feel that way every single day. 
where the apparel stuff doesn't really do that for me as much. And I don't even know if the next business is, is going to do that. I just want to create this next thing because I wanted to do it for ages. Um, I'm just being like completely brutally 110% honest with you with you all because you deserve that. And I think um, it might help anyone out there. And I don't know. I just think there's no reason to beat around the bush, which is kind of what I did in the first episode. Not intentionally. I, I just, I don't know. I think I just needed to really sit on it and think about like, what is the actual thing I'm trying to get across in this podcast? So yeah, that's kind of, apparel's good, but it is a lot, a lot of work. And if you can charge more for your garments, like justifiably more, as in like, you know, not just putting out fast fashion crap that's worth $3, but you're charging $100 for it. If it's good quality and, you know, um, yeah, you've got good suppliers, good fabrics, then you can charge that amount, but it's just what you feel comfortable with. So I'm not saying all of this to, to deter you from uh, starting your own fashion label or anything like that. Just I just want to share it because I think when you make any any decision, it's always good to hear both sides of the story and to have both sides explained honestly. Because, um, yeah, I also know people that have got apparel businesses that are owning millions and millions and millions of dollars each year, tens of millions. So it's like, hell yeah, <laughs> get your money. But it's also probably different if you had a huge team working on the company with you. And we didn't do that. We were doing it with a really, really small team because we just didn't want to I guess, I guess that's what it came down to. We never really wanted to take that next step. We, kind of, we must have kind of knew from early on that something, a vital piece of it was missing. And so we were kind of hesitant to take that next step. It's like if you're in a bad relationship, or not in a bad relationship, just in a relationship that's like fizzing out. Do you want to, you're, you're at the point where you can like, you know, buy your first house together or get a dog, but you kind of hang back because you know in your heart that something's not right and you don't want to make that next big commitment if you're not fully into it. <laughs> That's kind of what this was. So as much as like, uh, it, it's really almost tough to, because there's still things like there's still samples that we've made um, that we haven't like that we've approved that we haven't actually uh, put into production that I'm like, oh, people would love these and I want to make them because I love them so much. And I still, I still love the idea of making pajamas, but I just don't think the apparel, um, yeah, industry, say if you're making like a lipstick, oh, it would be so much cheaper for shipping, for everything, for everything, even warehousing. Cause you can store like 10,000 lipsticks in a big carton and take up one section of a warehouse. Whereas if you're shipping 10,000, um, pieces of clothing like you're taking up aisles and aisles and aisles it's just like I think that's why when you do start thinking about thinking about starting a business you really got to weigh up all of those things it's not just saying oh I want to make cute pajamas and sell them like no is this actually a smart business decision on every front like on, on every end and, and even we didn't think about the fact that pajamas I guess we came into it kind of uh cocky I guess or overconfident Pajamas are not something that people buy every single week. Um, they'll buy them for like special occasions or to treat themselves or for, or for yeah, like birthdays or some people will, will buy them frequently. But I think a lot of the successful apparel businesses that I see are either, are usually like day wear, like dresses and like everyday wear that people can justify spending the money on each week or every couple of weeks. But 
sleep play doesn't really fall into that category, which we never really properly considered. So it's just like, that's why I want to share all of this information with you guys. It's like your business can be successful as was, but just weigh up every single possible outcome and all the pros and cons to not only what you're selling, like the actual quality, the fit, the fabric, the the style, but also who's your target market? How often are they going to buy it? Is it going to be expensive to ship? Is it going to be um, economical to ship? Is it going to be, does it have a high chance of people wanting to return it? What, what, what can go wrong? Like, is it worth the money? Um, is, is, is all the work that you're putting into it worth the amount of money that you will receive if the person doesn't return it, if they're happy with it and then they want to keep it? Like, there's so many different factors that go into it. <sighs> so just, yeah, be aware. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. <laughs> I've been rambling for so long. No, I do really, really appreciate it. I hope um, you found it interesting, informative. Again, thank you so much for all of your support thus far. Um, head over to the page to the LauronCurtisange.com website. We've got some stuff still left in stock, lots of good stuff. Um, and yeah, I just sincerely, absolutely appreciate all of your support. So does Reese. He's not here at the moment, but I know he would say the exact same thing. Um, yeah, it's been a really, really, really cool journey, really, really informative and educational and wouldn't change it for the world. We've um, yeah had an awesome time doing this, but it's just time for a new chapter, time for a new adventure, I guess. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled. I'll be probably be launching the next thing. I was going to launch it like this year, but I don't know. I feel like it's just a strange time at the moment. Um, so maybe at the end of the year before Christmas or at the mid start to middle of next year. I'm not hundred percent sure yet, but regardless, keep your eyes peeled. Um, I hope you have an amazing, amazing, amazing week. Thanks for tuning in yet again. And I shall speak to you all in my next episode. Thanks guys. Bye.